Tech Fan Podcast number 358. I am Tim Robertson. Take four. <laughs> and I'm David Cohen. Take four. So it, I think we've narrowed it down uh, as long as I don't hit the microphone with my headphones this time. Yeah, uh, that, that'd be a good start. It's an audio cable, definitely. Because yeah. David and I were talking, I realized I wasn't recording him because that microphone wasn't plugged in. And when I say that microphone, it's an audio cable going into yeah. my box. As soon as I plugged that cable in, the buzz came back. The buzz kill. We had uh, to kill the buzz. Yep. I think it's... that it. Technically, this was a shielded cable, but it's quite old at this point, so I'm thinking the shielding at one point or another has broken down, Yeah, and the gamma rays that turn me into the Hulk when I get angry are bleeding through. <laughs> so, That's right, yeah. If you, could, if you could just turn down your natural intensity to, um, or, get, or put, perhaps put a cape on or something, yes. you shield yourself. That's right. Have you, have you been watching that, that show, Cloak and Dagger? Uh, I watched, I think, the first two episodes. I quite liked it, and I forgot yep. to go back to it. My uh, my wife started watching it because she's become the world's biggest Netflix addict, and she said she watched it at the end. She said it was pretty good. Is it on Netflix? I, it's on Netflix in the UK. Hmm. Um, I don't know where it. I don't know where you get it from in the states, but uh, but certainly here, Netflix is the place to go. I mean, it, it's it's kind of a CW type show. Exactly, I was going to say it's aimed at that kind of um, teen, young adult market, which you know likes a lot of teenage angst. So there's an awful lot of rock songs playing in the background while people do things and kind of stare off into space and all of that. But um, in terms of capturing the the difficulties that Cloak and Dagger as characters face, and how them them working with each other and complementing each other makes each of them better people, it's kind of done pretty pretty good job of that, really. Yeah. It looked yeah. like a pretty good show. Uh, I liked the first two episodes, like I said. I don't... It, it was a little bit too um, millennial for me, though. Yeah. I, I'm i just old. <laughs> yep, that's something I think every day. Um, we Well, David's going to have occasionally people walking in the background where he's at. and Yeah. Not much he can yep. do about it. Uh, he could be the old curmudgeon and start yelling at people, shut up, you can see I'm doing something here, but they don't care. They've got their own lives, and that's more important than whatever somebody sitting near them. Or, uh, yeah, yelling into a smartphone as you walk around is obviously very, very important. Uh, you know, this is the one time I'd prefer them to be walking around like zombies texting rather than actually speaking, but there you go. Yep. Yeah, I'm, we've, we've just moved to a new office. Our conference rooms are still empty of furniture. Um, so we, it's quite a nice setup. So the offices are all on one side with glass walls. And then on the other side of the corridor, there's these little kind of wooden booths you can sit in with tables. And the idea is you can, you know, have a, have a chat, have a bit of breakout. So they are relatively quiet, um, except when people are walking right past, mm-hmm. which obviously is difficulty. Yep. So... Less than a week. I've been back. In fact, uh, a week ago, exactly today, uh, Brooke and I started heading towards uh, Woodstock, um, Crystal Lake area, for MacStock 2018, and uh, two-day event. But of course, we're there for three days. Brooke wanted to come. Um, I got to say, it, it was a good time. I, I'm, did she did she get much out of it uh, apart from spending time with Dad? Well, we went to um, a music store, and I don't mean right. they sell music. I mean a musical instrument store. 
Right. And she got a few things she's been wanting. So she was very happy about that. But on a whole, yeah, she actually liked it. Um, Good. We didn't sit in hardly any of the sessions. It always seemed like something was going on. And quite honestly, Brooke is now saying she'd like to learn more about computers, how to use them more. Cool. Uh, She had a laptop, but it's not working. I think the motherboard died in it or something. And so now she wants... She didn't even care if it's a Mac or not. She wants a laptop. But while we were at MacStock, because they have this. Now, they had it last year when you were there. No. Was it, yeah. Was it last year? Last year. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the uh, the, the swap meet yep. thing. It was four times the size, at least. Cool. Because last year, it was like one, maybe two tables. Yeah. This year was probably eight tables. Wow. And there was a Mac Mini sitting there. <gasps> wow. And she grabbed that. And yeah. someone had put a piece of tape on it with the the admin account and everything written down. Okay, cool. And there was a what is that? Uh, a 19-inch, maybe a 21-inch monitor. Excellent. And then, uh, of course, it was VGA monitor, flat screen. You know, it's a nice looking monitor. Yeah. And then yeah. about 10 minutes later, we found the DVI to VGA adapter. Mm-hmm. And I've already got. Uh, 50 keyboard mice, so that's no problem there. So yeah. she basically got a whole computer for nothing. Excellent. Haven't tested it yet. I was going to say, so is it, you don't even know whether it's an Intel or a G4 Mac Mini? Oh, it's an Intel. It says right on All it. All right. Okay. Cool. Uh, I think it's uh, Intel two, uh, Intel Core 2 Duo. Yeah, so we've, we've talked before about really any half-decent computer from the last seven or eight years or so uh, is good enough for... 90% of what most people want to do on a computer nowadays. Well, she wants to use it to make music, and it's more than capable of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, even the even the old G4 and G3 machines, if you had the right software, would, uh, you know, would they, they were used for professional music making back in the day. Yep. So ab- absolutely good at that. So that yeah. was kind of cool to see that the swap mate is growing. I didn't bring anything I, I meant to. Quite, I've just been so busy right up to the time we hit a leave that I never put anything together. Uh, but it is something mm-hmm. that I really think I'm going to do next year. Well, yeah, I'd imagine, like, like me, you have a lot of stuff. I've got a lot of stuff. Um, I, I have uh, I have a separate uh, garage that I have all my stuff locked up in away from my house. And that, But here's uh, the problem. If you come next year... It would cost you so much money to ship that stuff. Oh, I know. I, that's that's the difficulty for me is that I wouldn't be able to bring much with me because, yeah, it's all big, bulky, and heavy. I mean, maybe if I hired a shipping container right. and had it sent out eight weeks ahead, then I could get rid of everything. Here's, <laughs> instead of doing that, you should just bring $1,000 and throw $5 bills on the table. <laughs> <laughs> It'd probably be cheaper. Maybe if I do it in um, do it in pounds rather than dollars, so that people at least get a frisk and a excitement, and they're getting foreign money. That's right. They'd at least get yeah. curious. Looks like what the hell? Yeah. The problem is, is, is uh, this time next year we'll be out of the European Union, so our money won't be worth anything. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> David will be there with a bucket. Um. So it it was a bigger event this year, not just a swap meet. Uh, I have actual figures, but I'm not at liberty to share. Um, it's not, okay. it's not my event, uh, no. but it, it's grown and that's a cool. good thing. And I saw a lot of new faces, which is key for an event like this to grow. Oh, that's, in, that's encouraging that. Yeah. Because if you just get 
the same. Well, the first couple of years, um, you know, a great group of people, but um, let's be honest, a lot of them were pushing the, uh, you know, the the elder end of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, and you you want to be able to bring young new people in who who hopefully will keep coming and also bring their friends and colleagues and stuff with them. And so it was encouraging. Uh, my youngest daughter obviously came with me. My oldest daughter showed up, uh, Rachel, and she brought her yeah. new boyfriend. I've met him once before already. Uh, Michael, he came with her with Rachel, and they ostensibly came to watch the game show. Right. And uh, the next year is already in the works. Uh, I am working a little bit with uh, Mike Potter. He is the... Uh, uh, conference, uh, what do you call it? Can't think of the name. Organizer. Organizer. Right. Yeah. Um, I've already had a conversation or two with him since the event ended. So I'm going to be working a little bit with Mike to help, uh, bring in some companies to display wares. So okay. the event's going to grow even larger next year and it's going to be the weekend of June 28th. So it's going to cool. be three weeks earlier next year. And, Excellent. Yep. I think that's going to be a, a fun event. Hopefully you can come this time, David. That would be awesome. Yeah. that With it being early, that might help a little bit. Um, so uh, we'll have to look into it. Yeah. Uh, my, my wife keeps threatening to come with me, so um, she's never seen Chicago. It'd so be a, it would be a good event for her yeah, to come maybe, to. Yeah. Maybe make a vacation out of it. Yeah. Yeah. That would so, work. Uh, yeah. Worst case scenario, you guys stay, you know, somewhere like your hotel last year, where she could take the Bart downtown with the kids, and I could literally drive down and pick you up in the morning. Exactly. Yeah. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Blast your ears out in the back of the Sequoia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the game show was the uh, the last event on the stage on the first day, and of course that was Guy Searle and I, <clears throat> and it went real well. Good. Larry O'Connor, the uh, CEO of OWC, mm-hmm. uh, attended as a special guest as Robo Larry, like I talked about. Yeah. So it's this big wheeled contraption. Not uh, actually big as it's about the size of a mic stand, honestly, with a big gyroscope wheel underneath it. And then the the brains of the outfit, if you will, is an iPad, mm-hmm. and it actually sits upside down. The iPad does. And uh, it's just Larry's face on there, and it's a, it's a almost you know to my height when I'm talking to Larry, right. it's, it's it's pretty much face to face, and it's got a speaker and it's got a microphone and it, it actually worked pretty well. So uh, I was I was wondering because I remember last year the um, the Wi-Fi could occasionally be um, difficult. Well, it space. has its own uh, LTE connection. Ah, right. Okay. Well, so that's sensible. Uh, but I do think that. Eventually, they draw, they uh, hooked up to the Wi-Fi network. I think it was working better. I don't know. Regardless, it it actually it worked, and uh, people got a big kick out of it. Cool. So, is Larry able to remote control that? Yes, from where he is. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but it it kind of moves on its own to kind of keep its balance. And uh. at one point, it started rolling towards the <laughs> edge of the stage, and the whole audience was going, "Stop! Stop! Stop!" It was fun. It, it yeah. was, uh, of course, it was different than the game show you saw in that guy would find an audience member, which is nah, you know, that's that hasn't changed. I was hosting on the stage, which was the same, but we would ask the audience a question, 
provide the answers and then the special guests on the stage would give the answer and the audience member would just have to say, yes, I agree or no, I don't agree. It worked really well. Some of the, I'll be honest with you, most of the time they gave the correct answer, which I was kind of hoping maybe they wouldn't a little bit more often and then make more of a convincing argument why this answer is correct, whether it was or wasn't. Um, but I, that's just in the uh, the failings of me not really communicating what I was hoping that they would do. Uh, but that being said, it, it was really good. It, it was Excellent. a little bit disorganized on my end. Um, Bob Levitas, of course, uh, very boisterous, very center of attention, uh-huh. uh, alpha male when it comes to being on the stage. So when you have someone like that and, and you're kind of the same way, there's going to be some overlap, but it, it actually worked out really well. So I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm sure Guy was too. Uh, eventually, it will be online. You'll be able to watch it. I'll send you a link when that goes live, and we'll post it at MyMac.com. And did you get any feedback from the uh, audience after the event? Yeah, everybody said they seemed to enjoy it. Uh, there was, cool. I got to admit, there was a ton, a ton of laughter. I mean, Good. people really seemed to enjoy it. Uh, That's the important thing. At the end of the day, we had a ton of prizes to give away. Um, and that was cool. You know, you're giving everybody that participates something. And yeah. uh, it was a good time. Excellent. Well, hopefully next year I'll be able to join you. Well, that's my hope as well. Um, it, well I think we'll stick with the same format. Uh, this time I'll write the questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was kind of an issue. Some of the questions were way too long. Uh, but I this year we put that on Guy. Okay. And Guy can get a little wordy sometimes, which is fine. <laughs> I mean, he's a podcaster, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I think it helps more if it's a very short question and a little bit more visual. Um, but that's on me for not really laying out kind of the vision. Right. Uh, and I tweaked a couple right. of his questions. and Yeah. Sometimes you have to run something live to actually work the kinks out. Well, there was a couple times where the um, Bob said the answer, and then Guy's correct answer was different than what Bob said. <laughs> and so a big <laughs> argument would break out. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, Allison, you. for instance, would then pull up Google and search, and it turns out Guy got the answer from Wikipedia, but... Bob Levitas is saying, well, then Wikipedia is wrong. It got a little bit heated. He was very passionate. So it was fun. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody had smiles on their face, even when the answer was, according to Bob Levitas, incorrect. You know what? That's an interesting issue with Wikipedia. Well, anybody can edit it. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. It's crowd. You know, people talk about the wisdom of crowds. Which is fine. You know, obviously the collective, the idea is the collective view is normally the right one because you've got so much input. But the problem with the Wikipedia is it's not really crowdsourced because it's only as good as the last edit that was made. Yes. If the last edit made was somebody who violently disagrees with what the article says, they can change it. And also as well, they have this kind of pathological group of, um, and I mean that in a good way, not a bad way, uh, the pathological group of editors who kind of really... Yeah, it's quite it's quite well known now. They kind of very vigorously police the site, um, and and they're kind of 
an extra level of control over what's put on there. But the th there's quite a few um, circumstances where they disagree with edits people make, even though the people making them are absolutely passionately believe that the edits they're making are true. So... Uh, <laughs> And then there's all these semantic arguments as well about, well, yes, what you're saying might be true, but it doesn't really fit within this article. It should be a separate article or it should be an addendum to a different article. And there's all this stuff going on and we have no visibility of it. And we just kind of go there and, and expect it to be gospel truth, just like we would with the real encyclopedia. And well, and but that's the other issue, though. Is the real encyclopedia correct? Well, of course not. I mean, yeah, it, it had the same failings as Wikipedia. People wrote yeah. it. Other people would disagree. Uh, the popular opinion would probably make it in, but if it was a very stern editor, maybe it didn't. Maybe he put the incorrect information because it fit the narrative of what he thought that entry should be about. So, yeah. I mean, anytime we're dealing with the truth, where that truth could lend itself to opinion, you're going to have problems. Yep, and that's where the uh, joyful phrase alternative facts comes from. No, they were... <laughs> no, they... Yeah, no, can, but yeah. I, one, one thing is an extension of the other. I'm not saying it's a good extension, but it is. That's where the idea of, of altering the narrative came from, is, is the idea, well, there is no absolute truth. It's all influenced by opinion. So therefore, my opinion can... You know, it's, it's an oxymoron. It's like, therefore, my opinion can influence the absolute truth, which obviously is not true. Right. Yeah. So, anyways, that's that was Max Talk this year. Uh, moving up a few weeks next year, uh, I plan on attending. Um, it was a good time. I liked it a lot. Cool. So I yeah, don't I, I did miss going this year, but circumstances dictate, unfortunately. Oh, well, that's always going to be the case, though. Yeah. So, what's been going on with you? Any uh, tech stuff going on? Yeah. Um, what have I been up to? I have pre-ordered the um, new Surface that Microsoft are going to release. Now, is that, weeks, the, the, is that the one that's kind of smaller but opens yeah. up? And, yeah. Yeah, the Surface Go. Um, so I've kind of had a little bit of journey on this, really. I've been messing around with Windows tablets for some time, as you know. Um, but I've really come to the conclusion. Recently, my, um, recently my company changed its security policies and that meant that I couldn't use a Mac anymore at work so I've had to use my proper Windows PC um, and this means that when I'm traveling I really do need to I can't rely on on non-Windows stuff to do work right uh, I've tried with my iPad and the problem is you know maybe it's the sort of stuff I have to do but using the office applications and the various other different things to actually do work on the iPad is even with the pro it's just too clunky it's too hard it just feels like you're fighting the system rather than trying to get things done um, and unfortunately I just think you know the the iPad is compromised in that way for very good reasons but uh you know i think i think when they talk about the ipad pro as a productivity device i think apple's thinking behind that is very much more around the uh creative arts and not so much about you know kind of the work word working type of stuff that i have to do um so the ipad just doesn't cut it for me so i have been carrying a windows tablet for the day days when i either don't want to have my laptop with me or i want to have a smaller device with me in the office or what, or what have you and i've been using these kind of you know these 10 inch atom tablets that were all the rage a couple of years ago uh, and i've been through a few of them trying to find one that works really well but they're all kind of compromised really the processors are 
getting better, but the real issue with them is they have really slow storage, and that really makes Windows run slowly. The, the one I have at the moment is a Lenovo one. It's actually pretty good. It's probably the best one I've had so far, um, and it wasn't expensive buying it used. It has you know, great accessories like a really good keyboard you can plug onto it, uh, which almost turns it into like a mini laptop. But the, you know, it's still nowhere near as fast to use as a regular Windows laptop. So when the Surface Go came out, at, um, was announced with better specs than the sort of thing I've, I'm using and a much lower price than the regular Surfaces have been in the past, I was kind of, yeah, I'm interested in that. And then I also found a, a, a discounted deal online for the pre-order from Microsoft that I was eligible for. So yeah, I've pre-ordered and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting it. I kind of, it, you know, I've looked at what I've seen online, and it looks like an interesting product. I think it's something that nobody else is really hitting upon. Yeah, I, I mean, lots of manufacturers are making these sorts of devices, and they've all kind of fallen away. I think because um, much as, as, you know, we've talked in the past about how the tablet market was, was really an iPad market, I think what Microsoft has inadvertently done is kind of locked up the tablet that's also a computer space with the surface i think most people when they think of that they think about the surface and they don't think about anything else if they want a tablet that runs windows they go for the surface devices and if they don't they go for an ipad or an android tablet um so i don't think there's much space for other vendors to sell surface like devices because i think the surface branding like it or not, is very, very strong. I think it's been well marketed by Microsoft, and I think they kind of inadvertently hit upon this little niche. And I see these surfaces all the time in business. There are lots and lots of people, particularly among techie types, lots and lots of people who want a lightweight computer that's powerful. And a tablet with a, with a, a proper keyboard kind of in the cover like that really fits the bill for them. Yeah, I think that's kind of the key right there, that portable... We, we, we want portable, and I think a lot of times when people think of portable, they think of the iPad as portable. It, 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 I, yes, it is, but I think they want something more portable. I think that's kind of the point. Something smaller, something that can expand. And I think that yeah. this might be one of those products that kind of hit that sweet spot. Yeah, unless you have the, the proper... Um Apple keyboard covers for the pro for the pro um, iPads. They're actually a bit of a pain to use for computing portably. You need a keyboard. If you're doing anything more than basic stuff, you need a keyboard. Not so much because the keyboard on the screen is not responsive enough, because I think if you're used to typing on low-profile keyboards, you can get away with that now. But the principal problem is the keyboard takes up half the screen, so you can't see what you're typing properly. Right. You can't see the, doc the, the stuff you're doing properly. So you need to have an external keyboard. And if, you, if you're carrying an external keyboard, and then with the iPad as well, you need something to prop the thing up on, all of a sudden you ca you're carrying loads of extra bits and pieces. Um, and that's an issue. Whereas with the uh, Surface, it's all kind of built in. And then it falls down to something that's not much bigger than an iPad. What do you think about this Windows updating issue that I've been hearing quite a bit about from Windows users that... They walk away from their keyboard, they come back, and Microsoft Windows have decided now is a good time to uh, update, and you can't do anything because it's updating now. Do you ever run across that problem? Uh, well, on our work machines, not so much because we've used uh, Intune to actually stop it doing that because 
if we're about to sit down with a client and give a presentation or something, it's kind of a bummer to open your computer up and find that it's halfway through a 40-minute update cycle. Right. Um, I, I, I understand what Microsoft has gone for with Windows 10. They're going for this Windows as a service, this uh, almost... Um, you know, tablet or, or phone-like system where, you know, it's constantly downloading updates, updates in the background and then applying them. The flaw with Windows is it does require these reboots. Um, and depending on, particularly if you've got a lower power machine, they can be really, really slow. Um, and that, if that whole time means you can't use your computer, that's a very, very negative experience. The other thing as well is that they're constantly cha- they're tweaking and changing Windows, but they don't tell you what they've done. So the latest version of Windows, 18.03, has this thing in it called the timeline. So down in the, um, down in the, in the dock at the bottom here, there's a thing called task view, which is, is, uh, kind of brings up something that looks a bit like the, um, uh, the kind of, you know, the, the desktop view you get on, on the Mac where it shows you all the windows that are open. You can switch between them. Um, what's it called? Mission Control, I think. Yeah. But below that, you get something that that's almost a little bit like a time machine. So basically, it shows you all these boxes along a timeline at the side. Uh, and it captures anything that's compatible with this timeline view. It captures what you were doing. So looking down on mine now, I can see that on the 25th of July... I was working in two or three different websites, uh, but I also had um, two a PowerPoint document I worked on at some point that day, uh, and then also a Word document. So basically, you can go back through this timeline, and you can say, oh, yesterday afternoon I was working on that document, I want to do some more on it, and you can just go down the timeline and click on it, and it opens it up and brings you up to where you were. It's very, very cool, but this is a thing that's never been explained by Microsoft. It's, it's, they, I'm sure they've got a blog post on it somewhere, but they don't really promote this. There's certainly no documentation in the system to tell you that, that this is what this thing is for. So if you're just a Windows user and all of a sudden you get a new update and then you find this new thing on the dock at the bottom, you kind of think, well, what the hell is this? And you have no idea what it does. Hmm. And it's completely changing the way the computer works. And that's not a great experience, I don't think. So that's that's the bigger problem I have with Windows 10 as a service, is this, this business of them changing it all the time without telling you what it is. Um, I do... I do. I would be concerned if I was just a regular Windows user without being corporate that the machine was rebooting all the time. The problem is it reboots, and if you have left stuff open, and we, we tend to use computers in that way now where we put them to sleep and we leave stuff open so we can come straight back to it when we open it up. If you open the machine up and it's rebooting and you've actually lost all that work, that's really not a great experience. I, yeah, no, to say the least. <laughs> that yeah. kind of ticks people off. I think Apple's method of updating the OS works much better. You just get a notification. You can say, remind me later. You can say, install. Um, and even if you t- say to install, you get a warning. So this is going to reboot. Yeah. So you, you can click restart or you can do it later. It gives you a chance to save your work. It does not take over the system, but to be fair to Microsoft and window users, um, many of these are done because of malware attacks and stuff like that. Yeah. That it's patching something that's critical. And if you do wait for somebody to say, okay, now you can do it, it could be too late. Uh, whereas yeah. Apple Macs really don't have that issue. And some of Apple's updates for security reasons are behind the scenes. The Mac, the Mac will update st- critical pieces of software without your input that doesn't yeah. require a reboot. So 
the, I think the difficulty Microsoft has is that Windows still has so much 20, 30-year-old code in it yeah. that it, they just can't do those transparent updates in the background all the time. Um, Windows really is in need of a kind of from-the-ground-up rewrite. It's just uh, yeah. not a modern architecture at all. Um, and they, uh, you know, they, they really need to... That's a, don't get me wrong, of course it's a massive job, but at some point they need to bite the bullet and break the backward compatibility and come up with something new that's much more modern than this. And Apple obviously yeah. did that, you know, what, um, 15 years ago with Mac OS X. And they're still working on the same architecture, and yet it's still... Fe- I mean, Mac OS X is... This isn't... Well, it's more than 15 years ago. Um, I saw the first demo of it live at Macworld Expo 2000. And it scared the crap out of me because I was an IT manager. I knew the classic Mac OS. I knew all the workarounds. I could fix one of those machines like nothing. And here's this new Mac OS based on Unix, which I didn't know crap about. That was scary. That was uh, I didn't I didn't really want to do this, and yet here we are using the same operating system, and it's for the most part super stable. You just don't hear about problems with a Mac OS like you do with Windows to this day, and I think yeah. that's because Apple bit the bullet. They had a little bit of backwards compatibility for a while, but it was just a layer, and they eventually removed that layer because it wasn't needed anymore. Was it painful? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you weren't a Mac user back then. I, I was. I remember how painful this was and how controversial it was to a lot of people. But they did it. They bit the bullet. They updated the system. And they just stuck to their guns. They didn't listen to the people screaming that we had to have this or that. And they just moved forward. And, you know, and again, I'll say the same thing. To be fair to Microsoft, Apple never had PCs personal computers in areas that were critical the way Microsoft did in national security and in surveillance and all these systems that will never be updated. And so they didn't have to worry about some of that stuff. Whereas Microsoft did. Yep. Still there. Yep. Yeah. I'm still here. It's just, um, you know, I, 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 I think the approach Apple take, took, has always taken with this is very sensible and that they b- do build these backward capacity layers, but they do it even back in the day. They kind of did it with a virtual machine or emulator type function. Yep. doesn't seem to me impossible for a company like Microsoft that has Hyper-V virtualization technology to do something the same, build a new system and then have a virtualization layer that actually runs the old windows code base and you run your applications in there if they're not compatible and not updated the, the other issue is that microsoft has is whatever they try and change in order to bring people along to a more modern system is none of their developers ever embrace it well i think some of that though is that microsoft simply didn't know what the future of pcs meant and so the last time they even attempted this they tried to build an os that takes into account touch screens and it was just a, it was terrible. Uh, the implementation didn't work well um, on both a desktop and a tablet computer. You could switch over to the desktop view or the. It just didn't work. It, it yeah. was kludgy, and there was incompatibilities. And some apps would act like it was on a tablet. Others would not. It was like a desktop app. It, it, you know, whereas Apple took, I think, the sensible approach. This is the OS for 
phones and tablets, and this is the OS for desktop and laptop computers. So you have iOS and macOS. That's the, to me, that's just a sensible way of doing it. Yeah, I, I mean that. Going back to talking about Surface Go, some of the criticism I've seen from it online, bearing in mind this is the internet and this criticism for people who've never even touched one, right? Because it's not out yet. Um, but I think in in this case, some of the criticism is justified. They say, well, you know, people going on like it's going to be an iPad killer because it's the same size as an iPad Pro, but but it won't be because the touch experience under Windows 10 is is not very good, uh, and they're absolutely right with that. You would not. Uh, believe me, I've tried. You would not want to take a Windows 10 tablet and use it in the way you use an iPad as a effectively touch-only slab, because again, it goes back to that thing. You feel like you're like I feel with the iPad when I'm trying to do my regular work on it. It feels like you're fighting the system. Windows 10 for touch is far worse than even Windows 8 was. Yeah. So um, it's. Uh, you know, you can't, you you only buy something like the Surface if you want to run it like a laptop, like a light laptop. You don't buy it as a tablet only, because there are better devices for that, from Apple and even from Android. So we want to thank our sponsor OWC. They've been sponsoring Tech Fan for a couple of years now. Um, obviously, uh, you know, the big push at OWC for a while now has been uh, Thunderbolt. Because, quite honestly, uh, when Apple is kind of <clears throat> removing ports from computers, the one thing that they're not removing is Thunderbolt. That is the future and the present of connectivity to your machine. And more and more PCs have Thunderbolt now as well. Yeah. Uh, one of their big products, obviously, is the Thunderbolt 3 dock. This is 12 ports. So you get a Mac and you've got one the one port on it, what do you do? Well, get a Thunderbolt 3 dock from OWC. This gives you three ports. It gives you um, two Thunderbolt 3 ports, so obviously one of those ports are going to go into your Mac or PC, and then you get that Thunderbolt port back. Now, Thunderbolt 3 is also USB-C. <laughs> I know some people get confused by that. It's the well, same Well, I can connection. understand why they get confused. It's not. It's not easy to understand. Right. Uh, you get five USB 3.1 Generation 1 ports, so all your peripherals can plug in. You can daisy-chain up to six Thunderbolt devices through this, and you can even connect two 4K displays or one 5K display, which is amazing. It, it comes with yep. the Thunderbolt 3 cable, and you can get it in silver or space gray. This is a really cool product, David. If I didn't have an older Mac, this is what I would have. I mean, no question about it. Oh yeah, it's definitely. If you if you if, if you're one of those people who likes to have your laptop set up almost as a desktop at home and then take it on the go, this is the perfect solution. One cable, plug it in, and all of a sudden your laptop's running like a desktop machine. It's two eighty nine. Here's a here's a cool thing though, David. They also have one for three seventy nine that gives you dun, 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 a FireWire port. Ah, uh, I love FireWire. Oh, that was a, that was such a great. Uh, it you know thunder. It, this is what I think a lot of people don't get. At the time when FireWire first came out and became popular, it was the very first thing, the first port, the first. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, I/O, if you will. Yeah. Uh, that allowed a video camera to easily be plugged into your computer. And controlled by the computer and software. Yeah. What does that mean? It, it it allowed 
digital pictures or audio or uh, analog video to be imported in your Mac. And at the time, of course, Apple was also giving away for free iMovie. So you could take... Nowadays, it seems like, well, you just shoot it on your iPhone and, you know, you're done. Um, But back in the day, you couldn't do that. You had these bulky video cameras. So you'd go out and you'd shoot your kid's game or a play. You bring it home. Nobody's ever going to watch it because it's on this tiny little um, uh, videotape. You know, and and back then you had to plug in the camera to the TV to watch what you recorded. Well, here's a way to plug it directly into your computer pull the video off, which is just playing on the camera <laughs> as it records yeah. on your Mac. Um, but then you could edit it. You have the original on the tape, so that's safe. Now you yeah. can edit this video. Here's well, the issue, thing, yeah. David. If you want to go back and pull that stuff off, which I actually want to now, how do I get that stuff off my old camera because my Macs don't have FireWire anymore? None. Well, the Thunderbolt 3 dock will do it. Yeah, yeah. you're going you're gonna to spend $380 to get that information get that video but it it's your kids when they were little it was your wedding it was what have you your vacation the poconos well yeah yeah also as well you were you were mentioning before um that uh that brooke was interested in doing music production on that cheap mac she got mm-hmm. well if you're into music production all that pro level gear that i was talking about back from the g4 and the early um, um intel mac days was all firewire because firewire was brilliant for that because Fire, well, basically what FireWire did, it, all the controllers were built into the chipsets, so it could transfer data at high speed all day long without slowing the Mac down, yep. which USB can't do. Even today, it can't do it. USB 3.1 is amazing. It's much, so much faster than it ever used to be, but it still relies on the processor in the computer to do some work. If you didn't have a multi-core machine and you tried to u- use USB 3.1, it would be a very sad experience. But FireWire doesn't do that, which means there's loads of mixers, um, inputs all sorts of things uh control decks and everything that you can you can buy off uh off uh you know cheap off gumtree or uh craigslist or ebay and people who used to do this music stuff uh and you know you can get pro level music gear to play with if you have a firewire port on your computer for pennies because these people all move to more modern stuff and but all this other equipment worked the same way it's just not compatible with new computers yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. I am thinking about um, upgrading this Mac Mini even before she uses it to SSD. Because it right. will just be so much faster and more stable. And especially uh-huh. for recording audio in, I think having the speed of SSD would go a long way for her. You know, it would make it yeah. more of a modern computer, if you will, much faster. Um, cool. But yeah. I'm going to have to get the, uh, what is that? OWC does sell it. They kind of invented it. That little adapter to put an SSD in a Mac Mini. Yeah. Oh, I'm drawing a blank on it right now. I had it in No, I can't remember what it's called, but, um, yeah, that, what, the Dice Doubler? Is yeah, that that's, that's exactly yeah. what it is, the Data yeah. Doubler. So they've got one. Um, it's less than 40 bucks for this Mac Mini. And just pick up a, you know, a 256 gigabyte ssd for not a lot of money in owc and she's got a pretty fast modern ish computer yeah yeah no that'd be very cool yep i think i might want to do that before she starts using this because that way i don't have to do any kind of migration or anything plus then i know for a fact what's on this computer i'll start from scratch 
and put yeah. exactly what she wants on there. Well, you, you just yeah, you just need to check first that it doesn't actually have uh, that it doesn't actually have an SSD in it already. You um, don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Someone might have put an yeah. SSD in it, but I don't think so. I don't think they would have just given away a Mac Mini with an SSD built in. Yep. Oh, in fact, it's got a piece of tape. You know what? Let me let me move my chair for a minute. Uh, let's see what this thing says. All right. Yeah. All right. So it's got a piece of paper taped onto it. Uh-huh. Model Mac Mini. Model ID Mac Mini 1.1. A 1.83 gigahertz Intel Core 2 Duo. Or core core duo, so that's different. Uh, memory, right, okay, so that's the original one. Yeah. Yep. Memory, two gigs of RAM. So I probably might want to update that to at least four. And storage is a five hundred gigabyte yeah, hard drive. If it'll support four, it may not support yeah, four. Those not. Early, those early core duos had some limitations. But for what she's going to be using it for, this has a firewire port in it. Um, yeah. For what she's going to be using it for, it's going to be fine. I think at least for a while. You know, until I can get her a laptop. She was actually talking about um, uh, a Chromebook. That uh-huh. that's what she wants for Christmas is a Chromebook, so she can make music on it. And I thought, can you make music on a Chromebook? Yeah, that this is I. As somebody who frequents the Chrome OS Reddit forums, yeah, I frequently see people going, "Oh, I want to do this on my Chromebook. How do I do it? I want to do that on the Chromebook." And it's often is stuff like video editing, music. You know, and, and it, you you kind of think, well, you know, you kind of bought the wrong machine for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's it again, it's like that thing I was saying with the, with the iPad. You'll be constantly fighting the system to just get by to do the things you want to do with workarounds and hacks and online stuff and everything, because it's just not designed to do that stuff well if it does it at all. So um, yeah, if she's she's going to do music, she needs a proper computer. She doesn't need a, a Chromebook. Yeah, and I think she's under the delusion that the Chromebook is just a regular laptop, and it really isn't. Well, yeah, it is, but you know what? Unfortunately, um, unless, you're a, unless you're a geek like us, how, how are you meant to know? It looks like a regular laptop. Right. You, you know, and most people kind of think of the internet as what people do in computers anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. So with that, I think we're going to wrap up this episode, unless you've got something, David. Uh, no, I've been... Um, as I say, I've been working my behind off this week, trying to get everything finished before I go away. So, um, unfortunately, not been on top of what's going on in the tech world as much as I, I might have been. Now, next week, I am in Northumberland, which is kind of out in the middle of nowhere. I will have to do the show on 4G. Well, we'll um, see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. So, I'll just give you a forewarning there. Otherwise, we'll have to maybe push it out to the weekend when I get back. Sounds good. Um, but I will be... Um, uh, I have another... F- Another couple of tech things kind of brewing at the moment that I'm not quite ready to talk about yet, but uh, I do want to uh, I do want to do a bit more work on them this week while I've got some time and perhaps discuss them. So sounds good. That's and, something else to do. And obviously, I we both been pretty busy. Uh, we missed a week before Mac Stock. We'll get back to our wiki trolling, of course. I know people really enjoy that. We've already got yeah. the next one picked out. It looks like it's going to be a pretty good one. And uh, I'll see you next week, David. See you then. Thank you.